This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for a brand new week. It is Monday, it's the 24th of April 2023. And today we go through your feedback and discuss the elephant in the room. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, hi, Sean. Happy New Week. Oh, hello, Stephen. Happy New Week. <laughs> that was a weird one. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I know. I, was, I felt like somebody just shoved a rod up my backside. Like, oh, hello. I'm on. Hi. Whoa. Hey. I guess the coffee kicking in. Uh, yeah. Hi. Did you nice weekend? Um, well, it was a weekend. I mean, I did actually have my first trip out. Outside? Outside. I actually walked somewhere. I didn't just walk to a taxi into a doctor's. You know, finally, I've got the use for this. Hang on. Did you end up in ER? (laughs) Finally. (laughs) After all this time. How long have you had that prepped? That's been sitting there for, well, basically since the day you fell. And I can't get rid of the button off (laughs) off that part of the desk. So are you all right? You didn't end up in ER? No, no. But um, it did. It did take me forty minutes for a uh, like five minute walk. So oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I'm getting better. It's all good. Except the physio said I need to go into the gym now. That's the <sighs> next phase. So Gyms. I'm not talking to him. Obviously, I binned him off. Yeah, just just stop taking this calls block. I number. know exactly. No more. <laughs> Thank you. Took it too far, sir. Yeah, I think that's maybe pushing it a bit. But how is your leg? Is it, is it all right? Is it? Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Still not a huge amount of movement in it. So you know. I can't go up steps very well, and I got to go up like a crab sideways or <laughs> on my bottom. So I am getting handrail fitted to the steps to the shed in Woo-hoo! three weeks, so I don't have to slide down like a slinky anymore every time I want to come out of the shed, which will be fun. I think so, it's the yeah. slinky experience that put you in this mess in the first place. <laughs> like that's the problem. That was wasn't the slippy? It? Yeah, the slippy. Yeah, not the slinky. <laughs> no, everything's good. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there slowly. Uh, well, look, we can we can talk about a few things we've been doing this weekend because you and I, as you know, most people probably realise, are in mm. contact on a fairly daily basis. Yes, hourly basis. Sometimes yes. hourly, yeah. And uh, I think I left you in peace most of Saturday, but Sunday I was I was on the call. You always with you. say it's like, uh, yeah, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to take an easy weekend. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I'll speak to you on Monday, and then an hour later, oh, I've just tried this. <laughs> Have you tried this? Absolutely ridiculous. Well, the thing we've been playing with most uh, over the past couple of days, uh, certainly I have, and I think it's fair to say you have as well, is uh, what's leading into the title of today's episode, The Elephant in the Room, also known as Mastodon. Yes, we decided to join the social network. Oh, how did that happen? It's been a, I'll be honest with you, it's been a topsy-turvy weekend, Stephen. Yeah, We'll get into it, but there's just so many things where it's just, what? Is this really Stephen Scott? I mean, it's oh, like well, you've been yes, replaced. I know, I know. I think a few people are a bit concerned about what they've been reading. <laughs> it feels like they've. It feels like Stephen Scott 2.0 has turned up on Mastodon, and uh, they don't know who he is. <laughs> so who's this guy? What's he talking about? He mentioned the A word, Android. What is going on? <laughs> well, we'll get to all that, but let's yes. talk about Mastodon first, because... 
you know, it, it's it's not that I've not wanted to go there. So I've just, I've not wanted to switch to Mastodon. That's my thing. I'm happy to go on and happy to try it out. And mm-hmm. I think often the reality is for a lot of us that you know it's just the energy. It's just the actual energy to learn a new platform engage and you think about the time it's taken for me to get you know the number of followers i have which is not a huge amount on twitter but you know i appreciate every single one of them including the bots uh, of which there <laughs> seem the to bots. be a lot uh, everybody who joins seems to, seems to be 19 years old uh seems to be female and wants to date me i found this they all seem to be that kind of person are you uh, saying that never happens in real life it's never happened in real life so no, i'm very that. dubious about it in the virtual world and you know what, what makes me laugh about it is all these people have no followers no followers and they like no. like one person but they're always in my area which is nice. always in my area they're always yeah. nearby Although suspiciously, the images look like they're from you know some beautiful sun-kissed location, which is not Scotland. Um, I keep thinking to myself, this this doesn't look like Motherwell, uh, you know, nearby <laughs> Scotland and little town, which frankly these people do not look like they're from. All right, they look like they're from nice places that have got sunshine twenty four hours a day. I take um, attention wherever I can find it. AI generated or not, I don't care. <laughs> well, listen, there's there's so much in this. I mean, it was interesting. I was listening to an article last night, uh, one of the Guardian long reads, which you, you can hear on AMI audio over the weekend. But it wasn't one that AMI was broadcasting. It was I had selected my own because I have the power to do that in my life. All right, He-Man, calm yeah. down. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> By the power of Grayskull. Was that that? Um, and so, what was that? Was that was that He-Man? That was He-Man. He- he- man. I uh, have the power. power. Yeah, right. I don't really remember it. But yeah, I oh, vaguely uh, remember yeah, it. You do. You do I was watching Tom's the Tank Engine. What are you talking about? He-Man. Oh, calm down. Anyway, so... Sorry, where were we? Where were we? Uh, yeah, so... I, Guardian. Yes. Guardian. So I was listening to an article all about artificial intelligence and how it kind of was sprawling into all these new areas and yeah that was that was one of them was intimacy that was a discussion around intimacy was one area where oh, ai is going to become silly. a big deal it is if you think about it, it is so we're going to get into all this in more detail soon but yeah let's talk about the subject for i don't once. want to get intimate with you stephen Scott. that's Thank quite you. all right well no you don't need to you've got eight thousand bots you can go and talk oh yeah to. that's true i'm there in my area okay cool you know i find what i found was i actually started a conversation with one of them one day just to see what happened so they say oh, yeah. hi so i say hello and they come mm. back. You know, it, it was just like real life. Within about 10 minutes, they, I think they blocked me. I think they just get bored. It's like, why is this guy talking about Apple Max? Is he interested in chocolate this much? Why is he showing me a picture of an Easter egg? You know, just go away. Even the bots I'm, didn't want to know me. I'm really not interested. Thank you. Please yeah, leave me thank alone. You, thank you. Yeah. The bot <laughs> blocked me. That's where we're at. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I built up all these followers on Twitter. So I don't want to just discard everyone and just walk away from all that. And, you know, there are a lot of people on there who I've met. And, you know, there's a huge, huge number of people on Twitter who you're getting your message out to, even if it's, you know, by a retweet or, you know, by a like from someone else. So you know, I don't want to dis- dismiss all that. Equally, though, I don't want to ignore a growing community on another platform, especially of blind people. And that was the case with Mastodon. So a lot of people seem to be moving over to that. Some are moving over to it. Some have decided to go between both, like me. Uh, and, you know, I just wanted to see what was going on. So the first challenge, I guess, is to get yourself on to Mastodon, right? And that process was a lot simpler than I thought it was going to be. Um, really? Yeah, I did. Really, Stephen? I did. Is, is that what you, I think that is the biggest hurdle for Mastodon, the sign-up process. Really? I do. Because it's, it's not... Okay. okay, but we can discuss how we did it, because yes, maybe that's okay. part of the answer. All right. Because all I did was just search online for sign up to Mastodon. It took me to a web 
page that yeah. said sign up to Mastodon, put your uh-huh. name, your email address, your password, whatever. Uh, and that was it. Choose our username and off we went. I was signed you up. Make it, you make it sound so easy. And it, you, we, we know it's not like that. I did exactly the same. Okay, so we, we both said we're going to do this. So we both went on different apps or whatever. But for the sign-on process, so far, some of the apps don't allow you to sign up in-app. And I think that's that's an issue for one thing. Mm, yeah. Right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you download an to... app like Ivory. Or, well, not so much Ivory because it does have a sign-up. Well, I, I tried the Mona that. Beta. That was one that was recommended most to me. So I tried the Mona Beta. And the only thing you have there is a sign-up button when you first start it. Not sorry, sign in button. Mm. So there's no actual way, as far as I can tell, right now, and this is a beat, this isn't just on Mona. As far as I know, there's other apps out there that don't allow this, don't give you the option to to actually register with Mastodon or join Mastodon from the app. So you need to go off, find the website. Uh, I think I went to joinmastodon.com, something I mean, something really simple. Yeah, I yeah, just Googled yeah. it. And then you navigate through, and there's a list of servers. And again, we come back to this initial problem, which may not be a problem, but it just seems so alien to us of, what well, we got to pick a server. We're not just joining Mastodon.com. You've got to join a, a, you know, a, a decentralized server. Um, and again, it was all accessible, but it was a bit of a pig to navigate, I found. And that's an interesting experience. But the reason I bring up that easy to... You know, as far as I was concerned, the easy-to-use process of signing up was was actually quite interesting for me because when I finally got a t- I got my account on Mastodon.social, which I don't know what that is, but okay, so I'm on there. Uh, that's an instance, a, a server essentially that I'm connecting to, that I'm signing up to. Um, once I was actually logged in, once I was using Mastodon, I was actually learning from people. Uh, that, and funny enough, it was one of the first toots I saw. That's the equivalent of a tweet uh, on Mastodon. Um, the first thing that I uh, saw was a tweet saying how to get out of Mastodon.social, which I thought was a really interesting start. <laughs> and it kind of led me down this rabbit hole of learning that actually there's a lot of people who aren't happy about the way this is going. So what's happening is Mastodon.social seems to be like the entry point, And a lot of people are saying the whole point of Mastodon is that you have all these different servers you can connect to. And it's almost like people are being funneled in through, you know, if you don't know where you're going, if you don't know how to get on, like mm-hmm. me, like you, to some degree, you, you don't really know yep. where to start. You don't know what the servers are. You don't know where, you know, it's, it's not like someone's just going to come along and give you the answer because there are so many answers. So for a lot of people, if you want to join, that can put them off. It can really put people off the whole deciding That's... what server, knowing which one you're on. Exactly. But, but at if, the same if you time... can be just funneled towards the right or at least one to get you in, then that's good. But what I think is the, one of the biggest complaints I'm seeing is that people aren't happy about that because essentially it's bringing a Twitter-like experience to Mastodon. Everyone's on the one server. And that's the problem, right? So Why people, is that a problem? Well, I don't think it's a problem, personally. I mean, I get but it. But it just creates, it creates a Twitter experience, which, you know, we'll get into the, the rhyme <laughs> yeah, and reason the, for that. The average user, who cares? They don't care that it's a decentralized platform. Uh, I, or I don't or understand that. it. I mean, I, don't think, I, I still don't really understand that part of it either, to be perfectly honest. I, yeah, I, I get the logic behind it. I understand it. Yeah. It's just, look, going back to the join up process using the, the join Mastodon website that I found. Um, so when you click on I want to join or register or whatever it was, you go through a list 
And, you know, the first option is, I think, you know, something like location. So you can pick anywhere or, you know, a specific country of for a list of servers. And the next one was something like categories. So you can pick it from a, a, a list of categories. Again, navigating through it, I couldn't, you could just jump to headers. But um, when it actually got to the list of actual servers and the name of the server and, you know, there was a button to join here, uh, join now, and you could just click on that and it would take you to that server's site. So in our case, I joined, obviously, mastodon.social. So it just took me there. And to be fair, you can bypass this this join Mastodon website and just go to mastodon.social itself and join from there. Um, But I I just find navigation was was just laborious. It wasn't inaccessible at all, just laborious to go through it all. And uh, having mastodon.social as a sort of, okay, this is one, a default one, it just takes that oh, which one do I join? And if I join the wrong one, is that an issue? And, you know, what, what are people talking? Because there's some on there that don't have an obvious topic in their name. Mm. You don't know what you're joining, right? <laughs> you know, I want to make sure I'm joining somewhere that's, you know, mainstream, let's say. So I think it's a good idea to just have one. You know what? If you're not sure, here's one you can join and be, you know, it's the default. It's a safe space. I think that's a good idea. Now, then we get onto the apps, and you used Mona on on the iPhone. Um, I tried out Mona first, actually, off on the Mac, uh, because they have a beta for it, too. And it's it's a brilliant little program, really, really good. These are the people who uh, made the Spring app for Twitter, and they've Mm. gone off and created Mona, which I'm so pleased they did, because, you know, frankly, obviously, Spring is is pretty much dead, I think, as as indeed all the third-party apps for Twitter are. So Our spring's working again, isn't it? I heard. Well, it kind of, yeah, it seems to kind of come and go. I think it's a bit weird. Mm. Um, I think ultimately they will all go. It seems that's the way its direction of travel is that they'll all just disappear. Yeah. Um, although you never know with Elon Musk, right? You never know what he's going to decide today. So you know, the blue tick thing is just absolute carnage, which I'm not even going to get into. But that seems to be carnage yep. over there. People are getting blue ticks, even though it was told you know you have to pay for the blue tick, and this whole point of having the blue tick is that you verify yourself. And that doesn't even seem to be true anymore because people are now getting blue ticks, just you know, kind of given out to them like sweets. It's just, it doesn't blue make any tick's sense. Worthless name. It just means you're just, paying it means, for it. It, it means, doesn't well, mean it, anything. It means nothing. That's the yeah. point. It means yeah. absolutely nothing on the platform. Uh, but yeah. So aside from that, so I tried Mona for the Mac, and then I thought let's try a different app. And what I had downloaded a while back um, in preparation for this was Ice Cubes. I have to say. Mm. I love Ice Cubes. It's a great little app. Um, one of the things that I love about this, and I think that the great thing about all these different apps, they all probably have their own features and, uh, you know, gizmos, and, and some are probably better than others. I hear MetaText is good. I hear yes. Ivory is very good. Mona, obviously, very good. And one of the things that's great about it is on each individual toot, you've got a lot of different actions. And, the, the you know, the developers of these apps have put a lot of thought into how they make these apps accessible. It seems that way anyway. Uh, and they've utilized a lot of the tools. So actions menu, for example, when you're just on a toot, for example, you just swipe up and down. If you select actions in your rotor, you can go up and down and you know choose to like or reply or do whatever. A lot of the things you can do and certainly can do on Facebook or on you know even on Twitter today, you can do all that stuff on these apps as well. So this, there's a similarity and a, and a feel of it being oh, very similar. Yeah, oh, very similar to Twitter. I mean, it's not. I mean, okay, I know the platform is not Twitter. I get that, but. The feeling of it is Twitter. Yeah, it's the experience is if you went through and relabeled your buttons in Twitter, it could be Mastodon. Yeah, it could. <laughs> much. Yeah. yeah. So, but, um, 
Yeah. Uh, did, how did you find Mona on the Mac? Uh, well, good. I mean, for a simple reason that it uses the command one, command two, command three approach to going between home, notifications, direct messages, all those oh, things. Oh, that's nice. So it's yeah. very easy to navigate. And I wish more apps would use this function. Um, WhatsApp, I'm shouting at you because the WhatsApp beta <laughs> on the Mac is pretty hard to navigate. Um, oh. But, you know, the, the, the app is very accessible. It is clearly built with accessibility in mind. And a lot of work goes in making sure it works with voiceover, which is brilliant. So, mm-hmm. you know, really good. Lots of functions to it. Again, if you don't really fully understand the platform and a lot of the language associated with the platform, um, that can be confusing off the bat. I mean, they talk about the federated um, view, Thing. whatever it is. Uh, I don't <laughs> really, I, yeah, I don't really understand what I'm looking at there. I don't know if I'm looking. I'm kind of getting my head around. It, I think I'm guessing federated view is just everything. That's yeah. what I'm guessing. Yeah. That's like is. the whole Fediverse, as they call it, which is the mm-hmm. group of all these different servers. So under one banner, that is the Fediverse. So the federated timeline is essentially everything. And then you have a local timeline, which I guess is your own server um, mm-hmm. that you're on. So in our case, Mastodon.social, which is probably why we're getting so many messages through, because we are on quite a you know busy server. Yeah. Uh, but you could, of course, go to something like tweezcake.social, which is you know generally more blind people who are on that because that is is an instance uh, which has been built by blind people de- developing the Tweezcake app, which, by the way, I'm using on the Windows side, which I much oh. prefer. Which supports Mastodon. Yeah. And yeah, has, I, done I has done for a while. Has done for a while. As does TW Blue, from my understanding. I think both do. Yeah. Um, but Tweezcake is great. I mean, it's just so, it's just so simple. Aren't they pretty much the same app? Sorry, developers, but I mean, all these yes, chicken nugget yeah. and from my Twitter usage days when I tried these things out, they are pretty much, you know, tree view and um, they work pretty much the same, don't they? I, yeah, they do. They really do. Yeah. I mean, there's not a huge difference. We're talking very simple tree views. That's it. Yeah. Um, but Which actually which is brilliant. brilliant. Now, yeah. what I think it does do, and I've noticed this comparing the app on the smartphone, even Mona on the Mac to something like Tweezcake. I don't feel I'm getting as much out of the Tweezcake app because I feel there's probably a lot more in there, but I don't really know how to mm-hmm. access it. Um, you know, there's a lot of features. I mean, I, I was trying to message someone today and I just couldn't figure out how to do it. I'm like, how do I actually send a direct message here? Is there a way of doing this? So, I mean, I'm sure there is. I just need to figure this out. And a lot of it is just going to be learning as yeah. I go. But I want to kind of sway this a little bit towards the fundamentals of the platform itself because one of the things I'm told is, you know, this is a place where all the blind people have gone. I read this. Um, I hear that, you know, of people, I even saw there's, a, there's a, a, a thing flying around, a petition flying around from, from people saying, you know, you got to, you know, get onto this platform or else you're essentially ignoring blind people. And, <laughs> yes. I, and I want to really dig into that because I, that petition, Jonathan Mosen's actually put this petition out there. I don't disagree with a lot of what he says in this. I really don't because I think, it, first off, what I would say is I agree that companies like Humanware, like Vespero, you know, like all the, the tech companies for blind people should get on this. They absolutely should. Whether they can do that, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously a bit of work to do to, you know, include uh, another social network in their process. But, you know, if they're firing out content to all other platforms, why shouldn't they be on Mastodon? It doesn't really make any sense. Why not? I mean, there's apps like Buffer, for example, which is very popular for scheduling tweaks. That works with Mastodon. Um 
there's lots of ways you could do it. I mean, social media people can figure this out, right? So there's apps out there specifically that will just yeah. take whatever you type and blast it out to every social media. Platform, and I'm sure right? Mastodon's part of that now. So it wouldn't yeah. be impossible to do it. I think the companies though might be looking at the overall numbers. And I think numbers are everything here, right? We've got to be real about it. Now, look, there's varying uh, accounts of, of actual user numbers on Twitter. And it goes from 450 million down to about 295 million people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably suggest it's neither the 295 because yeah. people have gone away from Twitter for sure. But there are still a lot of people there. I mean, if you talk nearly 300 million people, that's almost the population of the USA on that app, you know, just on that one app. Mm. So, you know, that's a lot of people, right? It's a lot of people. And it's, it's also been around a long time. It's, it's been, been around a long time. Yeah. yeah. And it's also very popular. And in comparison to something like Mastodon, it's relatively simple to operate. You get on, you send a message, the world sees it and responds. And that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think some people might look at Mastodon as being a bit more clunky and a bit more confusing. I don't necessarily think it is. Just in my own experience, I think it's just getting the head around some of the language. And I think if we if we can do that, then we'll go on fine. But it's whether or not you've got the energy to do it, which I struggled with at the start. You know, I thought, I don't, I don't really no want to learn a change. whole new thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm trying to be fair here because, you know, it's like this letter I read from, from Jonathan Mosen. I agree with about 60% of it. And I'm saying that as a kind of arbitrary number, but I, I agree with about 60% of it in the sense that I agree companies should be moving over. I don't necessarily agree with the language around you don't care for blind people if you're not on it. I think if people are moving towards it, that's probably the last thing you want to hear. You know, we don't want to create a combative society on there that just says if you don't, if you're not here, then you're not interested in us. Because what I think it suggests and what I think it tells people, and I think this is wrong, is that all blind people have just shifted to Mastodon. I think that's a bit of a stretch. There's no evidence of that. There's no evidence that blind people en masse have moved to this. Yes, there may be a lot of blind people on there, but it's not all of them. It just can't be. And you just have to look at the sheer numbers. So in terms of Twitter, roughly, let's say 295 million people are on there, okay? On Mastodon, there's all kinds of spiralling ideas. Even on Mastodon itself, there are some amazing numbers being thrown around about how many people are actually on it. The reality is it's about one and a half million. Yeah. Not a lot of people. Now, that's and overall, that's not blind people. No, no, that's right. That's everyone. And if you look at the, on the join website that I was on, it actually gives you server stats. And you can see, you know, we're talking 9,000 or something like yeah. that on some of the servers. And, you know, that's, hey, I would love to have 9,000 followers, right? But in, in comparison to other social media platforms, it, it's nothing. And maybe that's what the companies are looking at. Maybe they're saying, let's just see how this goes. Because, mm. you know, the thing is, people who are on these platforms, there are some people who just love them. And I get it. If you've, if you've found something that feels good and it's, it's enjoyable and, you know, pleasant, and I get the feeling that Mastodon is that, then you're going to shout about it. You're going to be jumping up and down saying, isn't this the greatest thing ever? And come join the party, right? But I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the long-term situation. I mean, I, I think what may happen, I have a prediction here that what may happen is Mastodon may go the way of Clubhouse for blind people in that a lot of blind people will hang around and be mm-hmm. on there and might prefer it. But uh, most people will probably revert back to the old eventually. And you could say I that think- for any app. Any new app that comes on our scene, uh, we, we flock to it. 
Zello comes to mind. I used to be yeah. on Zello 24-7. Um, and eventually, you just drift away. And it's just, you know, that's how things work. Which is fine. Yeah. But what I don't want to happen is that we somehow become very flighty in our approach to everything. So suddenly a new thing comes out. I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, if, if I... <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good analogy here that doesn't get me in trouble. But, you know, <laughs> just, you know, you, you don't want to end up in a situation where when the next shiny thing comes along, you're just off and suddenly it's... And not and, and that's okay. If you want to do that individually, that's fine. But we're not all going to just jump to the next thing when the next shiny thing comes along because what that does is it tells me nothing's really right for you. And for me, I think, yeah, Mastodon is good. I think it's a social network if you're blind and you want to meet other blind people it'll be a good place to go because first off, it'll be easier to find a lot of blind people because of these these servers like Tweezcake and there are many others. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want, if you want to get into that world, that's great. But I think if you prefer talking to the widest possible audience, then something like Twitter is probably a better option for you. Now, I know the biggest argument here is on what Elon Musk has done with the company. And a lot of people love to pick up on this and they love to use this as a battering ram to say, you know, get out of this, get away from Twitter, because essentially it's not a place for you anymore. Um, I want to address two things on that. One is that, first off, we're talking about 295 million people. I'm not prepared to write them all off as racists and bigots and horrible people, right? It's not the case. My experience on Twitter is not that. I know it goes on, uh, but I have to say, just on the first few days of Mastodon, it doesn't seem like some paradise either. I've seen plenty of comments around the same issues that dog Twitter, the same social issues, not around blindness I'm talking about here, I'm talking more general. And I've seen the same things coming up time and time again. So there's that. And the second thing is accessibility of the Twitter app itself. I've seen a lot of really dodgy reports (laughs) about inaccessibility. And actually, so Mm -hmm. far, I'm not saying it will be the case forever, but for the most part, it's an accessible app. The Twitter app is accessible on both Android and iPhone. The Twitter website is very accessible across the board on Windows, Mac, and Chrome. So let's not throw that into the mix as some kind of, oh, well, you know, accessibility, it's not there. It is there. Now, is it going to be there forever? That's another question. Yes. But then I would ask this question, and this is where we'll leave it. Will Elon Musk be there forever? That I'm not so sure about. And that's why I'm a bit less concerned overall about the state of things at Twitter. Yes, I know it's not great, but Twitter was there before him. I think it'll be there after him. And it's at that point when he goes, I think you'll see a lot of people who are jumping up and down about Mastodon saying it's the greatest thing in the world. They will want a bigger audience. And that is where the bigger audience is. And that's where I think it goes. So I'm not against it. I think it's good. I think I'll be on there. Uh, I, I think it's very accessible. I think it's a, a quite a nice experience. It's like moving from the city to a nice little village. Um, <laughs> and that's that's nice, you know? It's, it's, it's exactly what I did in my real life, right? I moved from the city to a nice little village, and I love it for that reason. Um, but you know what? a great I, experience. But here's the thing. I still visit the city. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at with this. I, you know what? I just look at it a bit. Uh, we've talked about Twitter you know, so many times before, mm. and you've made your stance on it clear and whatever so everyone knows that i just think that don't just because i choose a social platform it doesn't mean that i feel this certain way about a topic or whatever um it it, honestly it doesn't matter i'm interested 
in technology. I'm interested in uh, the community. I'm interested in in social media. So you know what? I'm trying out Mastodon. It doesn't mean that I'm going to leave Twitter. It doesn't mean that I feel this way about you know uh, other blind people that use something else at all. So it's entirely it's an individual choice. And now we've got another social media platform. And on that, I'm just going to talk about my experience of it. I find it really accessible. And um, I find it a really pleasant experience. I had so many people reaching out and you know who you are. Thank you so much. We have offers of help. And if we need any, you know, tips and advice, so many. And yeah. it was just really nice. I, I just find it a nice experience. And as I said, an accessible social media option. Well, that's, so, why, that's why I use the village analogy, because I think it absolutely. is like that. You know, it's, it's like a yeah. very, I mean, it was not, instantly I was getting people following me, people sending nice messages. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of, as you can imagine, a hell has frozen over comments. Yes. Um, <laughs> Stephen's finally made it onto Mastodon. Many um, from me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I thank everybody who's followed me so far, and I really do appreciate that, and I appreciate yeah. the comments as well. And I think, you know, that, that's why I will stay. But, you know, I'm not going to ditch the other. That's kind of my point, and I think that's an important thing. Now, however, on that point about Jonathan Wilson's letter. I'm going to link that on our um, show notes page. So if you want to go and sign that, go read what Jonathan says. If you agree, sign it. If you don't, don't. But, you know, ultimately, I think people need to know what is going on out there uh, and what people are saying. Uh, and Jonathan's a big voice in the blind community, for sure. He's been around for a long time doing what he does. So, you know, it's an interesting conversation to have, and we should definitely debate that. We should discuss that. Should try and get Jonathan on, actually, and discuss it. But, yeah, we just, I think, you know, as a platform, I like it. I do like it, and I think it's one I'll definitely stay on as much as I can manage. You know, the, the, that's the thing. The conversations the between thing. the can two. Can you yeah. manage more than one social media? I can't. I yeah. know I can. Uh, well, so, I mean, you can barely manage one. I, yeah, look on Twitter. I barely tweet at all. I think my last tweet was, um, "Can anyone recommend a Mastodon app?" I thought I was going to get banned. Sorry, you are. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. These things do take time, and it, and it does take time just to keep up. With uh, you know replies and messages and things like that, and I'm terrible at that anyway. Yes, but you are. Just yes, I am. I admit. <laughs> but the experience, I got to say, the experience with Mastodon has been good overall. I thought it was really nice, and the amount of apps out there. Um, we're going to talk about Android later on. So um, I, I've tried the Android side on Mastodon as well, and again, really impressed. Yeah, well, speaking of Android, we'll take a short break. We'll come back. I'm going to just briefly mention what we've been up to on Android. Oh, it's been an interesting weekend. <laughs> Stick around. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. So, Sean, I've got a secret to share with you. Yes, Stephen Scott, share. I think I figured out the answer to everything. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a bold claim. Okay. Is it 42? What's the answer? What's the question? Well, um, you know, we often complain here. Well, I do anyway. About Apple and, and Macs and Focus Everything. and challenges of, of being able to use vo voiceover properly on the Mac and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that midway point between having useless vision <laughs> and yes. no vision, I'm not saying useful because it's not useful, but useless vision and no vision. I think that midpoint 
is where the biggest problems start for screen reader users because, for me anyway, and I'm talking about me here, I tend to still have the screen turned on trying to see what's going on on screen. And I've realized because over the past few days and over the last week almost, I've been turning the screen off completely. Well, screen curtain, at least on the Mac. You can't actually turn the screen off. Um, I the same thing. Yeah, well, it is. But apart from the cursor, which just stays there. I don't know why, but the cursor stays <laughs> on. Everything yes. else is off. Um, but uh, with that, I've uh, found that I'm having less uh, issues with the Mac. <clears throat> just saying. Just less, dish, less issues. Yeah, less issues. Is, when you say issues, you're talking about focus jumping issues is the big issue. Biggest issue for me was the Finder, right? So the equivalent of File Explorer on Windows. And on Finder, you would navigate through a list, and it was just... It was constantly losing focus, or at least I thought it was. And, you know, it wouldn't be reading out things that were under the the cursor and all that stuff. I don't seem to have that problem now. And I think it's because, truthfully, I'm listening rather than trying to see what it's doing. I want to see. I, I, okay. Right. I think that's well part done of you. it. I'm well, not saying it's all of it, and I'm sure I'll find problems <laughs> in the coming days. But so far, so good. Yeah, but you know a focus jump. When you hear it, right? I mean, it's it's obvious. Like, jump up to it. Well, a no, you don't. No, not really? the, no, because the thing with the Mac is, it's kind of tricky in this way. Okay. You can move between an item, and it will it will read out the next item. It won't lag. It will read no. out what it's yeah. saying. Oh, sorry, I'm with you. Yeah, okay. But it's, it's, it's reading the wrong thing. That's the problem. So you'd have I a situation where you could... I don't see that as a could, focus jump issue, though. I, I don't know what it is, but it basically, you're, say hmm. you're in a list, okay. and you go from file A to file B... Yes. You could arrow down, it'll say B, and then you arrow down again and it says B. And you think, hang on, wasn't I on B? Yes. Yeah, no, or I know a? exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you try no. to work out where you are. And then you arrow up and it says A. And you're like, all right, okay. But then you have to kind of a? up and down the list a little bit. Thank you. Uh, you have to arrow up and down the list a little bit to try and figure out where exactly you are, whether you're on A or B. Yes. Uh, I feel like Mrs. Doubtfire all of a sudden. <laughs> no, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely right. I, I, I've experienced that when I was using the Mac on the Finder. And, um, yeah, I, I, sometimes you think, do I need to VO this left and right, or can I just yep. go up and down, or do I need to hit tab? I'm never quite sure. I just always put that down to my inexperience of using voiceover. But, um, yeah, but that's interesting, though. You, again, blindness is the answer. <laughs> blindness. That's it. The answer to everything <laughs> is blindness. It makes life so easy, apparently. <laughs> wow. Um, I think it's a friend of mine, a friend of ours, actually, said, you know, go non-visual. Uh, that's the phrase he uses, and I am totally with him on that. Absolutely um, right. I, yeah. I tend to use this advice or give this advice to other people. I am terrible at taking it myself. Well, no, yeah. Do you know what? It, it is great advice because it does make you understand the screen reader better. And as you say, it does make you listen more. It does sound an odd thing to say because we are listening to it anyway, but it does focus you more on that side. But at the same time, if you do have some vision, so I've got no really usable vision, but I've still got a monitor in front of me here. And if I'm selecting something, I can see there's a white blob on the screen or something, or I can see if the screen is on or off through light perception. So, although I can manage without the screen, at times I still find it useful. Yeah, and but hang on. I think there's a difference there, though, because well, that's telling you that something's at least the screen is on, but you can't yes. see anything on the screen, right? So you, there's no value. Well, not, no. not so much there's no value. That's wrong. It's, it's that there's no... I, I don't think there's anything getting in your way, whereas with my vision, I can still see things moving around. 
I can't right. see necessarily what they I are, see, but yeah. I'm kind of aware and I'm almost looking hard to see what is it doing. And you know, I'm sitting uh-huh. in front of a $2,000 studio display, which is turned <laughs> off. I mean, it's yes. ridiculous. It's absolute nonsense. I will say that is ridiculous, Stephen. Is, you need to send look. that thing It's back. got a nice camera. I will say that. It's got, it's got a very good <laughs> webcam in it. Buy yourself a nice webcam instead <laughs> and save the money. Stick it on a wow. pole. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is ridiculous. But I mean, it, it, that was, I got it because, I, you know, again, it was that thing of going through that, well, a, a better monitor will do the, you know, do the trick or, you know, more pixels will solve everything. Bigger oh, yeah. is better, you know, and of course, none of it's true. I'm going through exactly the same thing. I was thinking, because everything just looks washed out. So I was thinking, well, you know, what? if I went for an OLED monitor, you know, organic, <laughs> yes. maybe the contrast is going to be black and and. It's not going to make any difference. It's just the way my eyes have gone, my vision has gone. So, yeah, you're right. As a as a general rule, I think you know, going non visual, it does it helps. As I believe Cool and the Gang once said. Oh, here we go. Give it up, give it up, babies, babies give it up. Oh, there you go. Well done. Ah, oh, that was excellent. <laughs> Inclusive and musical. Um. But honestly, I, I do think it makes a difference. And I am now sitting here in front of a, so many screens, and they're all off. And it's just hilarious. My iPhone's off, my Android. My Android. So, yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. Oh, yeah, my Android. Did you hear that, everyone? My Steven Android. Scott said, my Android. So the lovely people at Google sent me the Pixel 6a a while back. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've been playing with it on off. But, you know, I've realized that one of the challenges with TalkBack is I just don't use it well enough. And... Mm-hmm. um. I decided this weekend to get into that as well, partly because the Mastodon thing. I wanted to see what Mastodon was like on there. And it kind of taught me very quickly how to use TalkBack. And it's so interesting. Again, when you turn the screen off and you really start digging into it, um, it, it's it's kind of such an interesting operating system because it is so similar to iPhone in some ways. Mm -hmm. I I mean, the OS generally just feels very similar. But also totally different. Does totally that make sense? Different. <laughs> yes, of course it does. And yes. there's so much more to it in a lot of ways. And I like what it, I mean, I, I do like what they've done with TalkBack. And I think on the Google Pixel particularly, I think the experience is excellent, actually. I, I cannot fault it. And, and a lot of things about it I like. There are a lot of things I don't like. I think that with the Pixel itself, I find just the tapping gestures, you need to be a lot more firm. Um navigating lists can be a bit challenging because you and I were talking about this over the weekend. You know, you do that left and right swipe and sometimes it'll land on the next item. Sometimes it'll just land where your finger is. So folks will jump there. The biggest issue for me is that it just doesn't feel as polished. And I don't feel as Well, it's it's not not that it's not polished. No, No, I I think it is. Is it not 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 the sensitivity of the screen to some degree? I think it's almost, it's either too sensitive which is ironic because I can thump the screen and it won't, <laughs> won't recognise my taps. But then if I'm going through a list, suddenly it's listening, right? I, I, I don't understand. I think it's just, uh, you know, the amount of time you spend on it, it, it just doesn't feel comfortable to me when I'm swiping through things. So it's not to say it's unusable. I just find myself going, oh, no, I'm back at the top or in the middle of this list when I just heard this a thousand times. Mm. Uh, I do find that a lot. But, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that's down to the handset. But I've tried a few different ones and I've always had that slightly irritation with that and you know we've talked a lot about when you when you talk about android you talk about customization and i think that's one area that you really need to understand uh not just because of what it allows you to do but actually how it allows you to make the experience better so first thing i did was i turned off all those sound effects i hated all those sound effects and the haptics that was getting every time yeah just it vibrates and it's, it's, it's a little bit 
disconcerting because the the problem is the um you know this clack app that I've got I was telling you about the the one for the keyboard and it's oh the famous yes yeah, so everyone's clack. talking about clack I am loving clack by the way that app is just of course brilliant. you are is there a Windows equivalent of clack I want it <laughs> I will I will pay money for that it is honestly brilliant uh, but the thing about clack is when you're using it when you hit that key you're getting that immediate click in response on the computer so there's no lag between the two. Now, mm-hmm. is, that's not the case with Android and those haptics. You're getting them almost just off off center a little bit. You know, it's like it's maybe just, and it just feels a bit awkward. I just find it a little bit off putting. I didn't yeah. really notice that lag. So I'd get rid of that and turn all that off. And it's then the same you end on up iOS, the voice. Though. That's, that's really haptic and, and noisy now as well. So it is. Yes, it is. No, going through the right. keyboard is, is, you know, vibrates all the time. So. Yeah. Uh, which can be a good thing. Some people quite like that because it gives you the feeling of, of the keyboard. Uh, yeah, and you can customise it on there as well. On both platforms, you can turn that off. If and you speaking need to. of keyboards, so oh. there's an update to TalkBack. If you haven't already got it, I don't know if it forces its way through. I'm sure it will eventually. But if you haven't uh, checked in a while, go in and search for, you know, you can go into TalkBack and you can check for updates directly from the app. But you can also go into the Play Store, search for Android Accessibility Suite, and you should be downloading uh, 13.1. I think is the latest talkback version. Yes, which is built into that. And um, honestly, the the new keyboard functions, which kind of gives you, I guess, a very similar experience to what you can get on the iPhone, where you can swipe around, you can find the letter, let go, you can lift, or you can do the double tap thing once you've found the letter you want. Um, there's also a split tap type function, I think, on there now. But this split mm-hmm. tap thing, I'm a bit confused by because honestly, it, it, people are saying, "Oh, split tap is now on the Android." But it's not. It's on the keyboard. It's on the keyboard, but that's yeah. it. Split tap right. on the Mac is, or on the iPhone, I should say, is on everything. Yeah, it's a system wide gesture. I was doing a, I was doing something the other day. I had to put a, a passcode in for a, for my bank, and you got to put the passcode in, and you got to find the login button. And just all you do is you just scroll to the login button, and just with another finger, just tap the screen, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. So you know where you are on the screen, and you know what you're tapping on. And that, if that was added to Android. And top back in particular, that would be brilliant. Yeah, I do miss that split tap feature, I must admit. But then if you never had it, if you started on Android, you wouldn't miss it, right? Well, that's so- the thing. A lot of people probably don't even know. And it was interesting because I, uh, I was on Mastodon the other day. And Ooh, uh, Yeah, yeah. Tell us about it. It was good. It was interesting. And I was chatting away with this guy uh, called Tim, who's listened to our show for a long time. Hi, Tim. And Hello, Tim. Um, I was talking about, I was asking the question, really, is there an equivalent on Android of the magic tap where you can start dictation. So like a shortcut, essentially, to enable dictation rather than having to find the assistant, what is it, assistant typing button or whatever it is. Voice input button. Voice input button, right. Top right of the keyboard, yeah. And uh, I was just wondering if there was like a two-finger double tap, which is the magic tap equivalent. Uh, And of course, most people know, or at least if you don't know, you will know, that when you're on an an iPhone and you do two fingers double tap, that will play pause, right? So Mm -hmm. I'll start and, and pause your music if you've got something playing or a film playing or whatever it might be. Um, but when you're in a text field, as long as that text field is selected, you can do the same gesture and that will start and stop dictation. And yeah. that is how very quickly you can get to a text field. You know, I would just navigate to it with one finger, uh, navigate to the text field, uh, use my other finger to tap on the screen. So do that split tap gesture to enable the text field and then double tap two fingers, and that enables dictation. And I can just send a message, say, Sean, I'm in clean feed. It's time to start recording. Could you stop eating whatever you're eating yes. and join me now? And then mm-hmm. two finger double tap, 
And then what it used to do is read out the message. Doesn't do that anymore. Kind of irritating. Um, or start playing music for some or reason. That, or it does. And if you if you lose focus on that, yes, exactly. Because if you lose focus, focus on the text you, field, yeah. then it'll start playing music, and then it gets a bit awkward. Um, but yeah, you can essentially stop the the dictation, and then you can just get to you know listen to the message and then send it. And that's really cool. But there's no equivalent I can't find. I can't find anything that does that. And I'm sure there is a way. I just don't know what it is. And the other one that irritates me very briefly is um, like a search function, like a system search. Like I want to search for an app or search for something. Where is that? Yeah, I need, I need, I need like a you know pull down from the top, you know, whatever it might be. I, I can't find, I can't find an equivalent kind of search. But I get, but I do know that on the home screen, like you can with iPhone, there's lots of widget options. So I'm sure there's probably a way of doing it with a widget. Oh, the home screen customization is so much better than yes, on the iPhone. And more um, useful, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe if you swipe to the right with two fingers to go to the first screen, uh, which is where your cards are with the weather and things like that, if you swipe down from on that screen with two fingers, I believe that brings up a search. Oh, okay. Um, but again, and we talked about this as well, because I've been using the Pixel 5 mm. and uh, TalkBack 13.1. And I was saying, uh, because that, that magic tap, feature by the way is is there in android as well two finger double tap will play in pause but it doesn't have the sort of universal um as in with dictation so I'm, I'm, we've looked through the settings looking for a dictation gesture maybe we can add it in customized commands or whatever but we haven't managed to find that yet so that will be interesting but some of the defaults are interesting right so the the one we were having the challenge with at the weekend was you were wanting to mute your speech that's yes that's what i was going on to yeah so, like the three finger double tap on the iPhone, just to mute talk back. Triple tap. Uh, oh, no, hang on. no, that's for a screen curtain on iPhone. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so confusing, right? We got so yes. many platforms there, so, and so, so many gestures to remember. Yeah. <laughs> so a three finger double tap on the iPhone will mute voiceover speech, which is great, right? Uh, it, if you don't want to hear any notifications coming through or whatever it may be, we use it during uh, the show. Yeah, absolutely. It's really handy. So. I was looking for the equivalent on Android because the only thing I, I what I had to do was um, I used the talkback shortcut, which is hold down the two volume keys for three or four seconds and mm. talkback will actually shut down yeah. and do the same to turn it on, which is fine. But you know, I don't really want to do that. I just want to mute the speech. So I asked you and you came back and said, and you demoed it over, over WhatsApp of the way you did it was to triple tap with three fingers on the screen. Yeah. And it said talk back, uh, mute spoken, spoken feedback off. Oh, very nice. Very official. And I, yeah. So I thought, okay, great. Then I tried it. And what that did on my, that command was paste. And if I do a three finger triple mm. tap, it, it does the paste action. So I looked into the um, custom gestures section in settings on my Android. And it was actually two-finger triple tap and hold, and that okay. would mute. Now, the thing is, we're both using Pixels. I'm using it straight off a factory reset, so this is an out-of-the-box experience. I've updated TalkBack, and I've updated the actual Android OS. I can't remember which version is 13, whatever it is. Yeah. So we should be having an identical experience. Now, if we were using, you know, I was using a Samsung and you were using Pixel, then maybe. But I don't understand why... We've got differences there. And this is the endless issue. I, I wouldn't say it's it's a drawback necessarily, but it does no, make no, it more no. challenging it does make it more challenging for support, I guess, because there Absolutely. are just so many <laughs> variants of Android out there. And and not so much Android, but 
you know, different operating systems doing their own thing. And like you say, Samsung is a good example of where things can be totally different because they've got their own version of TalkBack. So that can really throw people. You know, it's, you may not get a, a, a entirely the same experience. I know that the, the Samsung version of TalkBack is much more stripped back than Android's. So, As Carrie was telling us when she yeah, came right. on, Carrie Morales was saying about the, um, you know, it's actually the version number in the Galaxy Store of TalkBack is higher than the one in the Play Store, but it's actually an older version. I mean, that's, that is confusing, right? And, and uh, yeah, there are some issues there. I, I, I could, I, I will just say that maybe I'm not, because uh, I do find the system update, sometimes it just, I click on update and I'll come back to it and it's paused for some reason. So maybe I'm, I'm not running the, the the very latest version of Android. I'm assuming that may be an issue. Cause well, it sounds I'm, really... I'm the same. I've got a system update that won't install yet. I'm guessing it's yeah. because it needs to be charged up to a certain degree before it will start the update. Um, so maybe that maybe both of us, maybe we're all behind. Maybe again, we're on different versions and maybe that is the issue. But it's weird I, I that the defaults are so different. You know, it seems a bit weird. Well, especially as we're using Pixel phones, which is using stock yeah. Android. But I've got to say, I'm, I'm really enjoying the experience. I, I find the, the, the way now that you can use gestures, multi-finger gestures, uh, you're not limited. Well, maybe limited is the wrong thing, but you haven't just got the angle gestures, you know, the L rotated. I like those. Do you? I, I yeah. don't. I find them hit and miss, to be honest. Maybe I, I, I just can't get that gesture in my muscle memory, but I do find it a little hit and miss. Well, do you know, it helped me because I had a friend who had a Nexus. If you remember way back at the beginning yes. of Google, that was yeah. the first phones with the Nexus phones. And that was how you had to move around. And I remember someone, and I remember just being, what is this? What, what rubbish <laughs> is this? But for some reason, that stuck in my head because someone talked me through it and it just stuck. So, yeah, those gestures worked I, for me. I have three or four stabs trying to remember, okay, what's the one to get to recently used apps, the app switcher? Yeah. Uh, you know, how do I get that? I and you can always... customise all that as well. That's, and that's, again, a good thing. I mean, you I know can. you can do this all on the iPhone as well now, but, you know, it does seem that there's a... It, it, put it this way, if you were starting out today and you picked up an Android phone versus an iPhone just for cost reasons or whatever reason, you're, you're going to be fine. You're absolutely going to be fine. You know, the only differences are going to be... That you know, there's some apps that you won't get, like you wouldn't get Seeing AI on there, but you get Lookout, and you get Envision. You know, so you get a lot of other options, and you get, you know, I, I think it's just I, there's no competition for me as much, or at least, or, or what I mean, uh, maybe that's the wrong phrase. It, there is competition between the two now. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Yes, because yes. they are so good on both sides. I will say though, and it's just I, I have to be honest with people. As much as I'm playing with it, do not think I'm going to turn around ever and say I'm moving to Android. Unless no. something massively changes with Apple and iPhone, I don't think I'll be ever moving away from it because I've just, I'm just so used to Apple. It's not even so much that I love it more than Android. I'm just used to it. And you know, yeah. when I picked up my iPhone later on, earlier this morning, actually, because I was playing around with the, the, the Android into the night, and um, then I went back to the iPhone, and it felt like I was home. You know, it was just oh, like, oh, I understand where I, I am again. slippers again. Yeah, Lovely. exactly, exactly. By the way, got, um, on on. on that point, um, slippers, Dunlop slippers is the future for everything. By the way, I feel like an advert, but these are honestly these are <laughs> sponsored by got memory foam. They they're so nice. It's like sheepskin, um, something inside. I love doing the show with slippers on. Why wasn't I doing this my whole career? I, I always do the show with slippers on. Uh, although currently I'm doing it with one slipper on because as I was coming up the steps, one just fell off. And I could not find it for love nor money. So uh, I now have a wet slipper outside. There you go. Well There's done. the title of the show. 
One wet, wet slipper. One wet slipper. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say this before we move on? Yes. Android, right? Yes, I agree. It was a really nice experience. A Mastodon, by the way. Um, I looked for the uh, a Mastodon app in the Play Store, and the first one that came up was just Mastodon. Installed it. And on that, in the app, it does seem like you can join up from there as well, which is a great experience, great onboarding experience. Um, but it was just totally accessible and just worked really well. I was really impressed. I haven't used it a lot, but um, I was able to tweet from there. Sorry, toot from there. <laughs> we'll get the language <laughs> right eventually. Yeah, toot from there and navigate around without a problem. I was really impressed. But what I want to say is I actually tried my Samsung S21 as well. And do you know what? I had a terrible experience there. Mm. From enter, from unlocking the phone and using that keypad to enter the PIN, which just seemed to freeze up every time I moved to another number. And it was just horrible. From using the keyboard, which I found really difficult. I have no idea why. When I moved to the Pixel, not a real problem at all. The keyboard was great. On the Samsung, I had a, a, a not a great experience. When I install apps, I'm never quite sure where they are. I need to go to the app tray to find them. They don't seem to go on the, the home screen. And it's that sort of thing where there's like a difference between the manufacturers and their versions that I still have a slight issue with. As you said, not really for the individual. I suppose you get used to it. But if you're trying to assist someone, give someone support, it's a yeah. real problem. Listen, we're out of time. But just to okay. quickly say as well, um, Ivory is the app on the iPhone that you can use to sign up on app as well. So if you want to sign up through the app to Mastodon, Ivory is the app to do that with. Uh, again, very accessible, gets great recommendations. Uh, that's it for us today. We are way out of time, so thank the you. Uh, the feedback <laughs> we'll get to tomorrow. Sorry. Um, but yeah, just so much so much of our own feedback to get through, I think, yeah, first. Um, but that's it for today. We're back tomorrow. Uh, catch you then. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at AMI.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.